Sinners, welcome to the Zopium Den, House of the Anti-Buddy Duddy Bible Study. CJ and I welcome you. Yes. That's right, baby. We's about to blast off in the outer space. <laughs> you know them holy hookah engines is loaded, revved up, fired up. <laughs> yeah, man. Okay. That being said, let us get the Holy Spirit in here. In the name of Yeshua, our high priest and king. Lord, what we want to do, you know what we want to do. We want to bless you with this study. Yes. We trust in you, Lord, to help us say what is wise in your eyes and right in your sight and say, Lord, and report of you uh, according to who you say that you are. Lord, yes. may you be pleased. May you be may you be praised, Father, for what it is that we're going to share in the study for y'all who are listening. Thank you so much for, for dropping in the Lord's fortification to you, his shalom and his joy to you. And, uh, you know, we want to, you know, Lord, we trust in you to help us be effective, salt, light and fruitful for your glory. We want to get out there and make people dig on this person that you are, get curious and want to learn about you yes. as well. So yes. that being said, Lord, thank you so much. In your name, in amen. Name. Amen. Make sure you got these mugs, these opium dead mugs to toast to the Lord proper. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> okay. We're going to be talking about, well, we're still talking about them unholy herpes, man. <laughs> Zarat. Right. That's what it's called in the Old Testament in Hebrew. Zarat. It's basically leprosy right long story short and we hope that you guys you know pick it up on you know uh, take a review of chapter 13 because yes. a lot of this stuff uh if you're just picking up on this if you knew and we're talking and we're going through this uh, uh course uh, uh of the bible uh, concerning um Zaharat, uh it'll help if you if you go back and you check out 13 a lot of this stuff will make a lot more Indeed. sense uh but that that being said we hope that uh, you know still that you really um you know that your curiosity is sparked as, as you as you tune in for 14 be like oh man okay this this sounds pretty good it, sound, it makes sense doesn't just right. sound good. It makes sense. Yeah. Right. And, you know, thank, praise be to God. We get that a lot. It's like, dude, the Bible didn't really make much sense to us. Right. And 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 they're like, and that's what, you know, people say and say after checking out this opium day, it's like, dude, it makes so much more sense, man. It's clicking. And, uh, and, they, and it got and it has them, you know, picking up the word and yeah. getting the counsel of the Holy Spirit and reading it for themselves and awesome. seeing how this stuff points to Yeshua. Yes. That's what it's about, y'all. That's what it's about. The Bible, this book right here, it ain't about you. It ain't about your prosperity. It ain't about all the things that you want. It ain't about all these goodies and experience that you're going to get. The book is about Yeshua. That's the <laughs> ultimate experience itself. Once you have that down, that's when everything else makes sense. Mm, yes. Right? You got to get the builder in you so he builds these things yes. in you. Uh, that that you can Right, right. That, <laughs> that, that you can appreciate. Right? Because unfortunately, we, we see that so much, y'all. We see these falling away from they say because you know they didn't get their experience or they didn't, or or whatever they they find themselves disappointed or disillusioned and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, that happens when you actually don't get to know who Jesus is. That's true, right? Yeah. You got people out there. Oh, I know my Jesus. I know Jesus. No, you know an idol that you call Jesus. Somebody that you shape to make you you know th this this idol of feel goodism. That's what you had, right? Mm -hmm. Rather than actually getting to know him for who he says he is. Amen. Huge difference. Yeah. Big difference. Real. Right. So that being said, y'all, and the Bible, even through leprosy, <laughs> right, we're going to have uh, we're going to learn of the Lord through leprosy. And uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, it, yeah. All this stuff points to him. 
right? Not that Yeshua is some leper or something like that, but you know, it makes me think of Metallica. Bow to Lepo Messiah. Okay. Oh, James Hetfield was just like, dude, I felt a tremor in the forest, man. Somebody hit. You know, I know it's punk rock and everything. I know it's metal, but dude, you got to hit that note right, okay? You can't. <laughs> Okay, you can't be thrashing the thrash metal like that, dude. <laughs> There's still an elegance to it. All right. Oh, that being said, so uh, we're gonna we're gonna see just even through this, right? That's all. These are clues, y'all. They're all clues, so you recognize the Redeemer when He shows up. Yes. Okay, that you're not you're not making up this idea of who you think Jesus is. When Jesus showed up, they didn't. They shouldn't have had these ideas of who they think he is. Mm. That's why Jesus was like, dude, don't you know that Moses was talking about me? True. Right? That's I'm, I'm the guy. You should recognize me. You are supposed to, when God shows up, you're supposed to recognize the visitation. Yeah. Right? But they didn't. And he said that they wouldn't. But he also said that you won't have any excuse not to. Mm -hmm. Right? All right? So, um, that being said, let's go ahead and pick it up from uh, 23. Okay. Leviticus 14, 23. On the eighth day, he is to bring them to the Kohen for his cleansing. Okay, at the entrance of the tent of meeting before Adonai, the Cohen is to take the lamb of the trespass. Get off my property now! <laughs> sorry, sorry. Okay, um, of the trespass offering and the pint of oil and wave them for a wave offering before Adonai. Hey! <laughs> right. Oil and lamb, hey! Okay, <laughs> he is to slaughter the lamb of the trespass offering. Oh, man! Okay, oh, no. the Cohen is to take some of the blood of the trespass offering and dab it on the tip of the right ear of the one being cleansed, on the thumb of the right hand, and on the big toe of his right foot. The Cohen should then pour some of the oil into the palm of his own left hand. He is to sprinkle with his right finger some of the oil that is in his left hand seven times before Adonai. Then the Cohen is to dab some of the oil that is in his right hand on the tip of the right ear of the one being cleansed. Also on the thumb on the thumb of his right hand and on the big toe of his right foot on top of the place of the blood of the trespass offering. The rest of the oil that is in his hand, the Cohen is to dab on the head of the one being cleansed to make atonement for him before Adonai. He is to offer one of the turtle doves or one of the young pigeons for what is in his hand or for what his hand can afford. The one for a sin offering and the other for a burnt offering. With the grain offering, the Kohen should make atonement for him being cleansed before Adonai. This is the Torah for one, for one on who is the mark of Zarat, who is not able to afford the sacrifice for his cleansing. You can't afford it. <laughs> I get that stuck in my head when I read this. Right. Okay, so check it out. Uh, we're not going to, um, we've, we've, these are, this gets almost, I don't want to say redundant for lack of a better word. It gets repetitive. I don't want to say redundant. It's repetitive because that's, that's how you teach. 
Mm-hmm. Repetition is part of our lesson. So we've gone over these things before. I, I hope that you will, will check out the previous chapter so to get the in-depth because I don't want to gloss over them again. Um, but the Lord is going to repeat these to us again. And he's, there's going to be certain like, you know, subtle nuances to, to the, like the thing of uh, what they can afford. This is going to introduce like a new dynamic. And we're going to talk about We'll talk a little bit more about that. But in terms of uh, the other elements that we just read, we've, we've already done the deep study on those. So I'll put a link where you guys can catch okay. the deeper study for those. So you won't you know, just be left in the dark of like, yeah. OK, why do we have these elements? What's up with the, you know, with the, with the bird and all that sort of stuff? Uh, you'll, you'll get an understanding as to why. And I'll put the links and you can check those out. So let's uh, let's go ahead and go forward. Uh, so we're talking about. Um, this sacrifice, you know, concerning something that you can't afford. This is important, y'all, um, because the lesson here is nobody can afford it. All right. But there is a price. We understand that the wages of sin is death. Mm, right. Yeah. So it don't matter how much money you have or anything like that. You know, it's uh, you know, we, we understand that uh, the Lord is still, when he talks about blessed be the poor. Um, this isn't just him being a nice guy. Right. Blessed be the poor. When you realize that you can't afford it, no matter what your income bracket is, you can't afford sin. Right. Then you then you are blessed. Right. Mm -hmm. That's what you need to be understand. So remember, y'all, when Jesus says these things, it's not always about him just saying these things to be a nice guy. It's like, look, dude, I'm, 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 I'm bringing you back to the law that I gave to Moses. Yeah. Right. Moses was talking about me. All right. So let's see. Now. That being said, y'all, the only death when we say that we can't afford it, the only death that will do being that the wages of sin is death. The only death. For, for just for the moment, just, just bear with me, the only death that will do is Yeshua's death. Really, it's his, it's only his life that will do. Right. Hmm. Yes, it's like I'm. I'm giving my life. I mean, he's going to be killed. His death, but 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 bear with me, right? I'm not going to twist anything up here. But just this 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 is going to point to the awesome work of Yeshua. What he's going to do, right? Here's the thing: Yeshua is not only the ransom. Yeshua is the bounty hunter. All right. Yeshua is so hardcore that Yeshua gets his ransom back. <laughs> right. He is the ransom. And he gets it back right now in order for Yeshua to be the bounty hunter to track down death for the purpose of ending its dominion over man. Yeshua would have to go where death is Mm. right when the wages of sin are paid for with Yeshua's life. Mm. Right. Basically, you know, submitting to death. He died. Right. Don't don't let's not get a uh, scripture twisted here. His death, his death on the cross. Yeah. Right. But he had to give his life to do that. Right. Now, like I said, he got his ransom back being the boss that he is. <laughs> right. By doing so, gained access to death himself and will offer up death himself as the bounty mm. to pay for our sins. Wow. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Right. The longest and strongest arm of the law, baby. Amen. Right. So first Corinthians 15, 26, the last enemy to be destroyed is death. Revelation 1, 18, the living one. I was dead 
And behold, now I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and Hades. Revelation 20, 14. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. Jesus paid for access to death with his life to hunt down the bounty for sin. Hmm. Death. Wow. Right? Now, that's because that's, that's what, how it's going to go down, y'all. Try, don't, don't get me wrong, y'all. The death of Yeshua on the cross was our perfect atonement. Yeah. Right? But we see that there's still things going on. And, and this stuff, what did it say? The last thing to be offered up is death. And once that's done, after the thousand years, after the millennial reign, and once that's done, and all these mm-hmm. bad guys, the false prophet, the devil, uh, death, the last one, death, is when we're going to have perfect Shalom, shalom beyond shalom, right? Shalom beyond understanding, right? Perfect peace, joy, no more death, no more sin. Yeah, It's all totally paid for, right? Mm. The wages of sin is death. It's the last one to be destroyed. Thank you, Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Okay, so now, um, side note, Christians who, who don't believe that God would eternally keep people in hell, Okay, um, this 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 troubles me. This is a big thing. Like in the church, there's a lot of Christians who don't believe that if God is really merciful and God is so good, why would He keep people inter- eternally in hell? Why would He do that? They don't believe that, right? The Word says nothing like that. Actually, when a person takes when the second death comes, right? They're yeah. they're kind of they're almost right, right? They're almost right. Hell is not, like say for instance, if a person died like right now, hell is not a permanent place. The word just told you that the Lord holds the keys to hell and death. The hell, hell, hell and death have to give up the dead, right? right? They come out. He has the keys, right? Before this throne of judgment, a person has, this is, this is going to be the grand appellate court. It's going to be the grand court of appeals. Do you take the Lord as your intercessor or not? This is your last chance. You have no excuse, none whatsoever. Remember, God is a just God. It's going to take you to the limits of your understanding. If you see the Lord sitting at the right hand of power, who for all intents and purposes is God, and you don't take him as your intercessor still, and believe me, y'all, there are going to be people who are going to be that foolish and will not do it. Angels did it. That's very true. Right? So God is going to give man the same opportunity that angels has. You will see him. And if you still decide, no, I want want my own truth. Mm Mm-hmm. The second death. Did we just read about the second death? There's no coming back from the second death. None. Right? Everybody gets resurrected. Everybody will have an opportunity to see that the Lord was telling the truth. Some will still reject it. That's the second death. They go to the place that was reserved for the devil and his angels. Mm -hmm. There's no coming back from that. Okay? So, now, um, that being said, y'all, when... Do you have people who don't accept even after that? They do not accept that this will be an, uh, an eternal destination. They don't accept that. Y'all, please understand. Do you think that Yeshua would come and take, he would leave his throne and come and take on what he took to be punished the way that he was punished, tortured to death the way that he was tortured to save you from a place that you wouldn't be for that long? Mm. No, the reason why he did that is because, look, man, if I don't do this, you are going to a place of torment forever. 
Jesus be like, no, yeah, man, you can you can handle hell for a little while. Ain't no big thing, right? Yeah, you, you'll be all right. I'm gonna stay on my I'm gonna stay on my cozy throne. You guys go ahead and deal with that. No, no, it ain't gonna work that way. Jesus, like, if I'm, if you're gonna be saved, I have to do this. I have to. This ain't some place that you're gonna just have to put up with, with for a little while. Hell is a place. This lake of fire. You ain't coming back. Second death. There is no coming back. I'm gonna yeah. do this. Okay, so it's kind of insulting for people to think that, you know, that God would, you know, just go ahead and take this, take on this punishment for a place that people ain't going to be there that long. It is insulting. I've never thought about that. Right? You think that God's not merciful? God is very merciful. God is going to be saving people from people who don't want to believe in him. Yeah. Right? There's a, there's going to be a population of people that are, that are going to be like, hey, Lord, I want your way. And that's the only yep. way. And then you're going to, and, and it's like. That justice is going to save people from people who be like, I don't think God is the only way that because that stuff causes chaos. It causes war. Yes. Right. You want to just we want to have us just keep going around, around and around and around and around and around in circles for eternity with that. I don't. Mm-mm. Right. God's going to save <laughs> us from that. And the people who are going to be cast into hell, the weeping and gnashing of teeth, they're going to be cursing God forever because they're going to think that what happened to them was unjust. Oh, yes. Right. I'm a good person. I don't deserve this. Yeah. You know. Who do you think you are, God, if you were so smart? Oh, well, already they don't believe that God says who he says he is, right? Mm-hmm. And God gave them the opportunity to see who he is. Yeah. And they still rejected him. It ain't about God rejecting them. They rejected him. Exactly. Right? So, um, which brings to mind, like, uh, I, I'm a big fan of uh, uh, one of my favorite books when I was a kid, man, was uh, uh, A Wrinkle in Time. Right. By Madeline Lingan. You can and when you read her book, you can see that, you know, she you know, she's um, she she's she's a Christian. Right. And as far as she's concerned, she loves the Lord. But she's one of those people that doesn't believe that hell or didn't believe that hell is a, a, an eternal destination. Wow. You know, there is no eternal dwelling in the lake of fire. Mm-hmm. She doesn't believe that. So it's like you don't believe the justice of the Lord. Yeah. You know, so that thing, that's that stuff is, you know, it's it's kind of sad, um, you know, but even though I mean, it's still one of my favorite stories and uh, I'll take, you know, uh, <laughs> I'll still you know appreciate, you know, Madeline Lingle over, uh, you know, and her story of Wrinkle in Time over what Disney did with it. Right. Uh, you know, uh, the, the Disney, you know, the Disney writers, uh, you know, they claim that they left the Christian themes, you know, out of the movie um, to be more inclusive. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh-huh. Okay, so so I see they're 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 gonna be inclusive by excluding the faith in Christ that the original writer had and built her story on. Yeah, yeah, that's that sounds uh uh really really inclusive. And that and, uh, came out a few years ago, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the Opes in it, you know, Oprah Winfrey. Right. Uh, Disney's been uh, wicked and woke for decades. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, so, you know, and uh, I now I don't fully agree, you know, with what with the lingual, you know, believes about the Bible. Uh, but I certainly don't believe what Disney believes about it or or Amen. anything else. Um, so but, you know, that be and, and y'all matter of fact, you know, you know what I'm doing? You know, what I'm doing I'm gonna let this cat out of the bag. I'm actually working on a, a screenplay for Wrinkle in Time. I, I love that story. You're going to share this with the classmates? Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, because we want them prayers, man. Make this kind of first. Let's take that story back. Yeah. Let's take it back, right? From from Disney. I'm, I'm gonna write a screenplay, and I hope that I get you guys prayer. And when I when I go ahead and you know and finish up the script and start doing the uh, the nuts and bolts of it, I hope that you know we get your support. You know, we'll bring it out there. We'll you know see if we can get the rights to it. I'm gonna yeah. write the story now. You know, if you build it, they will come. Yes. Right. 
Yes. I'm hoping that the Lord, you know, that it will please him and that he will give me the fortification to make it happen. Yes. Right. Let's do it, man. Let's tell these stories. Yes. Right. Get people curious right. about the Lord. You know, that's what it's about. So get the nuts and bolts on it. See if we can, you know, uh, get the support to obtain the rights. Oh, yes. You know, make it happen, man. You guys with it? Let's tell that story the way it's supposed to be told. Right. Should have had Oprah Winfrey in it. <laughs> okay. All right. So now, um, so as I said earlier, this section of the Bible, there's there's lots of uh, like repeats, you know, repeats from the previous studies. The key difference, you know, regarding the, the sacrifice, you know, this person can afford to make. Um, we talked a little bit about that. Plus, the, you know, and, you know, the repetition is, is just part of learning. Um, the thing that, you know, we're supposed to recognize is that we're all poor and nobody can afford the cost of sin. Yes. OK, um, now let's talk about the significance of the oil, uh, the, the grain, um, you know, just just a, a quick recap. You know, uh, the, the, the lambs, the birds, the, uh, the examinations, the quarantines, all that stuff. Um, Y'all, this is in a nutshell is a prophetic instruction that points to Christ. All these elements. Right. They're pieces of the puzzle of who he is. They're all clues of who Yeshua is. So you recognize the Redeemer when he shows up. Okay? His ministry, you're supposed to recognize his ministry. You're supposed to recognize the atonement work that he's going to do. When he's up on the cross, it's like, oh, whoa. Hey, maybe somebody should cut him down because that's the guy. He's like, uh, uh, you know, but Yeshua knew that wasn't going to happen. Yeah. Matter of fact, he knew that he was going to tease him. Uh-huh. Right? Oh, he saved everybody else. He can't save himself. Ha ha. Right? Mm -hmm. he, he did all that stuff. Was He knew that. Right. Right. He told him that this, it was it's it's you can see it in some of the elements like um, um, forget. Forgive me, y'all, because, uh, you know, because my Hebrew ain't perfect. But if you look at like some like some of the clothing, like say if you love the, the clothing, the word for clothing is uh, beged, which means treachery. The clothing right? for the priests. Right. The clothing for, and the priests were treacherous, weren't they? Yeah. Right. This is what's already foretold sure. that the priests were going to be treacherous to him. Um, I think uh, sash, I think. I think the word for sash, actually the breakdown of the word for sash is, um, is mockery, laughing <laughs> and mockery, right? So you, you, you get these clues, right? Please double check me on that. I, I, I may have gotten my, my, uh, my ornaments, you know, incorrect. Uh, but uh, but you, you'll see things like that, that they translate and give you these clues. It's like, oh, snap, that, that's the guy, right? Mm -hmm. So that being said, let's see, um, we're going to read... Yeah, and you can uh, see more of this stuff that I talk about in uh, from 13 and uh, 14, parts 1 through 3. Uh, let's see. We got uh, Leviticus 13. Yeah, Leviticus 13 okay. Uh, okay. One, and, and 14, 1 through 3. Okay, let's read um, 14, 33 through 42. Okay. Adonai spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, Suppose you have come into the land of Canaan, which I have given you for possession, and I put a mark of Zarat in the house that you're supposed in the land that you possess. Then the one who owns the house should come and tell the Cohen saying something like a mark has appeared in my house. The Cohen is to order the house empty before he goes in to examine the mark so that nothing in the house might be made unclean. Then afterwards, the Cohen is to enter to inspect the house. He is to examine the mark and behold, if the mark in the walls of the house with hollow streaks, greenish or reddish, and appears deeper than the wall, then the Cohen is to go out of the house to the door and a house up the house, went up the house for seven, no, close up the house for seven days. Then the Cohen is to come again on the seventh day and behold, if the mark has spread in the walls of the house, 
Then the Kohen is to command that they take out the stones which are marked and throw them into an unclean place outside the city. He should also have the inside of the house scraped all throughout and they are to dump the mortar that they scraped off outside of the city into an unclean place. They may then take other stones and put them in place of those stones. Likewise, he can take other mortar and plaster the house. But suppose the contamination returns. Hold on. Okay, let's see. All right, we'll stop right there. Um, all right, so we have mildew in the house. Man, I thought we were supposed to be going into a land flowing with milk and honey, not a place flowing with mildew. <laughs> What's up with that, right? Okay, so, well, let's let's look at here. Um, Jerusalem, let's see, yeah. Jerusalem is established in a Canaan country, right? Yeah. Abraham's burial plot, his burial plots are in Canaan country, right? Yeshua was entombed in Canaan country, right? Mm. This is all pointing to what Yeshua is going to do is what he's going to do in Canaan country, including being resurrected in Canaan country, mm-hmm. right? When Yeshua was resurrected, just, just kind of get him down to where he's at, right? And, and these clues that start to point to who he is. Uh, when Yeshua was resurrected in this Canaan country, uh, Mary thought Yeshua was the gardener. Right. Right? Now, this ain't no small thing, y'all, because Jesus wanted Mary to think he was the gardener to let her know that he's the second Adam, right? Because the first assignment given to Adam along with his commission of dominion was keeper of the garden. Mm. Genesis 2.15 Then the Lord God took the man and placed him in the garden of Eden to cultivate and keep it, right? This is when Adam was not under death's dominion and Yeshua reclaimed that status. It's no small thing that Mary saw Yeshua as the gardener. Hmm. All right. Side note, is it possible? Just something to consider. I'm just throwing that out there. Uh, um, Is it possible that Yeshua, the second Adam, appeared to Mary as the first Adam, keeper of the garden, (laughs) right? She wouldn't recognize Adam, right? True. But she would recognize the occupation. Yeah. Right? So I'm not saying that, that we just know that the word says that Jesus is the second Adam, the last Adam. We know that. I'm not saying that Yeshua appeared to her as Adam, but I was just throwing it out there. That's what's Adam's job. Jesus appeared as the gardener. He's the second Adam. Yeah. Yeah. You know. All right. So, <laughs> um, Now, it's customary for Jews, y'all, to already have a site purchased uh, for burial before dying. Uh, This goes back to the account of Abraham. Now, Jesus knew the very hour of his death, but he didn't have a plot reserved to receive his body, so to speak. What's up with that, right? But he didn't have to, right? Yeah. Because his tomb was going to be offered. It was going to be offered anyway, and it wasn't like he was going to stay in it. Right. Uh, well, I mean, they still need a place to, to lay his body. And, you know, we, we talked about, you know, uh, all that other stuff. And, and I, I got to stop myself because I'll get to I'll get to going down that rabbit trail. I'm, I want to go down that rabbit trail, but I got to stay on course, man. I'm telling you. OK. All right. So uh, this this tomb was going to be offered the same way that the Hittites 
offered burial plots to Abraham, right? But Abraham purchased yeah. those plots, you know. Uh, he purchased this real estate in Machpelah. The word Machpelah means to fold, <clears throat> right? This fold is going to be reflected in the ephod under the breastplate of the priests, which is a fold that makes a pocket. Now on the breastplate of the stone, or the breastplate, right, that sits over this, is gonna be the stones representing the tribes of Israel. And the stones that are used, the Urim and the Thummim, to determine things concerning them are kept in this fold, right? So think judgment and think the tribes of Israel, right? That are situated in this fold. Where did Abraham want that land? Machpelah, which means fold, right? Mm -hmm. So hold on, I don't want to get ahead of myself, right? Okay, so these are things, y'all, that Yeshua is, uh, is invoking, right? When he gives the teaching on Abraham, the beggar and the rich man, right? Now, and the beggar being brought to the fold of Abraham. The Greek word for fold in the teaching Yeshua is giving regarding Abraham is kolpos, the fold, right? Typically the fold of a garment that makes a pocket. So when you're talking about the, uh, when, they, when, it's, when you're being brought to the fold of Abraham, it's really saying you're being brought to the pocket of hmm. Abraham. That pocket, right? These are the children of Abraham. Those stones, the tribe of Israel, and uh -huh. the pocket where the Urim and the Thummim uh, sits. The judgment. There was a judgment between the rich man and the poor man, wasn't there? Yeah. Right? So this is what we're talking. This is what Jesus is saying. Yeah, man, I've been telling you about this. Right? I've been telling you about this, right? Okay, now, let's see. Once again, where did Abraham buy his plot? Machpelah, which means to double over or to fold. Where is Machpelah located? Near Mamre, right? That's what it tells you in the word. Machpelah is located near Mamre. What does Mamre mean? It means, uh, it comes from the word Mara. And the word Mara means to be filthy and to be lifted up, right? This Lazarus, was a beggar that was filthy, right? <laughs> With sores that dogs would lick. And when he died, this filthy beggar was lifted up by angels to the fold of Abraham, wow. right? That's awesome. Do you think that Jesus just told this story to make people feel better about being poor and bad about being rich? <laughs> no. It was to remind them of the lesson that nobody can afford the sin, right? So, and it's giving you clues, right? Like even, even down to the mildew in the house, right? Yeshua's teaching on Abraham, the rich man and the beggar. The Lord was most likely giving clues to where he would be entombed, mm. right? Because wow. the, the exact location, you know, there's probably like three chief candidates of where he could have been you know, entombed, right? But it's not certain. But I think in here, Yeshua is giving you the clues to where he is. Or where, uh, well, we know where he is, but right. where he was entombed, right? right? And uh, he ain't in there no more. Uh, but the tomb, you know, I would reckon it could still be there, right? Yeah. Uh, now, so as we said, y'all, Abraham, uh, he paid, you know, he paid for his plot. And Yeshua ultimately paid for the supposed 
donated plot too. He paid for it with his blood. Mm -hmm. right? So now Joseph of Arimathea may have wanted his plot in Metpella. That's Canaan country, right? And could afford it. He was a devout, he was devout to the traditions and keeping with the account of Abraham probably wanted his burial plot there. I don't think that's far fetched. Mm -hmm. Luke 23, 51. Now there was a council member named Joseph, a good and righteous man who had who had not consented to their decision or action. He was from the Judean town of Arimathea and was waiting for the kingdom of God. So Joseph believed in the resurrection and wanted to be buried where it is, where he believed the dead would rise first. And since he believed that Yeshua is the first fruits of the resurrection, wanted, he wanted Yeshua to have his tomb, yeah. which is situated in first fruit territory, <laughs> which is in the land <laughs> the Lord told the Israelites to take possession of. Right. Wow. So God is establishing the place where the world would know where to look yes. concerning the work of Yeshua. Mm. Right now. And after all this trouble to get them in this land, God is talking about putting mildew <laughs> in their house. Our house <laughs> has some green and red is streaks. Our house. Oh. <laughs> Yuck. Yuck. <laughs> Okay, so I hope that kind of makes sense, y'all. It's like, you know, the Lord, as we see, he wants them to take possession of this land, yeah. right? And, and we know, we, we know the whole <clears throat> struggle about, you know, this, this, this land that they're supposed to occupy. And that being said, y'all, that, that the, the, it's pretty much the world knows something about this. Yeah. Right? right? Most people do. So we know where to look and we, and we, can, we can follow uh, the exploits of this history. Yeah. Okay, so there's, real. there's there's really no excuse to not know. All right. Okay, so now, do you think that people want to go through the trouble of moving all their furniture out of the house, <laughs> right? Then move it back, and 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 move it back from where they were storing it, and have to live somewhere else during that time? It's a hassle, man. It's like, yeah. why are you gonna do that, God? Uh -huh. You know, you gonna put mildew in their house? What's up with that? And they gotta go through all this trouble, right? And chances are, being that we know that they tend to be pretty rebellious and just, you know, want to do things their own way and stuff like that. If they see the mildew, knowing all the trouble that they're going to have to go through, do you think they'll, they'll probably just deal with it themselves? Right. Even though the instruction is you got to go tell the priest. Yeah. Right. I mean, I just go ahead and deal with this, man. Yeah. Right. Let's deal with it. Or just, you know, you know, rather than deal with it on a download, they just probably just ignore it. Some people do that. Mm -hmm. Right. So it seems rather jacked up that God would bring them to a new land in the homes that they now possess just to infect it with some nasty mildew, <laughs> right? Why would God do that? Because he's training them. It's a very simple answer, right? Not, 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 not a lot complicated there, but it's, it's a very simple answer. He's training them. What's he training them for? Because, y'all, Israel is not just the people of Adonai. They are his military. Mm. Exodus 7, 4, but Pharaoh shall not hearken unto you that I may lay down my, that I may lay my hand upon Egypt and bring forth mine armies and my people, the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt by great judgments, right? Y'all military personnel have to be trained 
And a lot of times the physical and psychological training will seem unfair, right? But it is done to enhance your ability to protect yourself and prepare you even to sacrifice yourself for the cause you are deployed in, mm, yeah. right? The drill sergeant busting into your barracks at 3 a.m., banging on trash cans, yelling at you to move out for some PT. <laughs> oh, you know, I was giving me some good sleep, man. It's not fair. Move out, right? Yeah. Well, hustling you into a building where tear gas is released. You got to take off your mask and you can't get out until you do things like uh, recite your general orders. Oh, my goodness. Right? And you get rewarded with fresh air and snot. <laughs> lots of snot. Lots, lots of snot. Right? Okay. That's just a little taste, right, of the mean and rotten training that can help save their life. Yeah. Right? Great the Lord, mm -hmm, The Lord does the same thing <laughs> with his military, Israel. Right? Yeah. Your house is under attack. Inform your CO. That being the priest who is going to order an immediate evac, right? right. This is your training in obedience. <laughs> you have no access to your domicile for seven days. Why seven days? Because the seven days represent Yeshua and his perfect work, right? Because this army of God is the army chosen to render the Messiah who will demonstrate incomparable obedience to win us salvation. Right. In obedience, you are to scrape the stones beneath the stones of your home the way the flesh would be scraped off the bones of our captain stone in his obedience. Mm. Take the stones that were on the surface of the wall and take them to an unclean place outside the city. The way our captain stone was taken to an unclean place outside the city and yeah. crucified in case it's not registering you. Registering with y'all, something you know, if, if some of y'all, because I know you know, here this opening deal, we get it, right? Some <laughs> folks may not, you know, you, you may be new, you may not have picked up on this yet, but we're gonna we see if we can make it register with you, right? These are prophetic instructions concerning Yeshua, right? The word for cleanse, y'all, because we're talking about the cleansing, right? The word for cleanse is kata, and it means to sin, right? Mm. It means to commit sin, but. That seems rather strange. This is supposed to mean cleanse. <laughs> Sinning doesn't sound like cleansing. No. But the deeper meaning of the word kata for cleanse means to bear the blame of sins. And Yeshua bore the blame of our sins to cleanse us. Yes. Right. The word for bird is sepor. From the, actually, you know what? Hold up, before I, before, let's, let's, just so this makes sense, you guys might be, might be thinking, so I can get ahead of myself and I get excited. I just <laughs> right? start, you know, forgive me, Lord, I just want to be like reading the notes that you give me rather than actually reading your word. So let's read the Lord's word first, right? Okay, hold up. Let me see. Where, where did I leave off? 43. Was it 43? Thank you. Thank you. Okay, but suppose the contamination returns, breaking uh, out in the house after he has pulled out the stones and after he has scraped uh, the house. But it has been, but it has been plastered and it has been plastered. Then the Cohen is to go and examine and behold, if the plague has spread within the house, it is a destructive mildew inside. It is unclean. He is to break down the house. It is stones. It's timber along 
with all the house's mortar and carry them outside of the city to an unclean place. Moreover, whoever goes into the house while it is shut up will be unclean until the evening. The one who lies down in the house must wash his clothes and he who eats in the house must wash his clothes too. But if the Kohanim comes in and inspects it and behold, the plague has not spread within the house after it has been plastered, then he should pronounce the house clean because the contamination is healed. In order to cleanse the house, he is to take two birds. <clears throat> he is to take two birds, cedar wood, scarlet and hyssop. He is to kill one of the birds in a clay pot over living water. Then he is to take the cedar wood, the hyssop, the scarlet and the living bird and dip them in the blood of the slain bird as well as the living water and sprinkle Sprinkle the house seven times. He should cleanse the house with the blood of the bird, with the living water, with the living bird, the cedar wood, the hyssop, and the scarlet. But he is to let the living bird go out of the city into the open field. So he is to make atonement for the house and it will be clean. This is the Torah for the mark of Zarat, even for a scab or the Zarat in the garment or for the house or for or for the swelling of a scab on a bright spot to teach when it is unclean and when it is clean. This is the Torah of Zarat. Okay, so that's 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 the summation of, of the Torah from what we read from 13 up until now. Okay, so let's uh um, let's go ahead and get back. So now you can see where I, I started talking about, you know, uh, um, you know, the cleansing you yeah. know, and stuff like that. You know, so uh, just remember what I hopefully you remember what I was saying from there. Uh, all right. So now. Let's get back to that bird. The bird uh, is sapor, and it comes from the word safar, uh, which means departure. The Greek word for departure is exodus. Okay? <laughs> Luke 9, 31. They appeared in glory and spoke about his departure. We've talked about Moses and Elijah appearing before Yeshua when he was transfigured. All right? They spoke about his departure, and in the Greek it's going to be exodon or exodus, right? which he was about to accomplish in Jerusalem. <clears throat> okay, so from there, we also see the other elements that are going to be here. It's going to be the wood. And remember, the word for wood is etz, which includes in its meaning carpenter yeah. and gallows, giving us the heads up that the Redeemer is going to be a carpenter that will be hung. Mm -hmm. All right. The word for scarlet is tola, which means worm as in the worm looking critter that we get the red dye from, right? The way that we're covered, right, is gonna, is gonna be similar to the worm that dies so its young could live and it covers them with a red dye. We know that we are covered with the blood of Yeshua for our salvation, right? We go into a deeper study of the scarlet worm in earlier studies, but again, it all points to Yeshua, yes. right? The cedar wood, okay? Uh, we talked about the wood, and this is going to be, in particular, it's going to be cedar wood, and the word for that is going to be eres, and it means tenacious roots, and the roots of Yeshua are quite tenacious, right? People are going to try to, to, to discredit his genealogy, but it, you, you really can't deny it. You can't rightfully deny it, all right? The Lord's grip on his lineage is just, it's the kung fu grip, all right? Let's just yep. put it like that. Um, now, all that being said, y'all, the Lord gives us these clues as to who he is all the way mm -hmm. down to details like hyssop, right? Yep. Bring that hyssop. You're going to dip that too, 
right? Dip that hyssop too. John 19, 28 through 30, after, his, after this, knowing that everything had now been accomplished and to fulfill scripture, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of sour wine was sitting there, so they soaked a sponge in the wine, put it on a stalk of hyssop hmm. and lifted it up to his mouth. When Jesus received the sour wine, he says, it is finished. And bowing his head, he yielded up his spirit. All right, regarding the two birds, one slain, and the other lives marked with the blood of the slaughtered bird. The blood of the bird is mingled with the water in the clay jar, all right? The water in this jar is called Maim K, which means living water or mm. running water or fresh water, right? But mainly the living water. And Jesus is the source of living water. John 4, 14, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The blood of the slaughtered bird is mingled with the water in the jar, pointing to the water mingled with blood that poured from the spear wound of Christ, right? The spirit of the Lord is the Holy Spirit, which is known to take on the body of a dove, right? The word clay, the word for clay jar or earthen pot is Kelly Karish. Karish means earthen vessel. A Yeshua is the earthen vessel of God. Kelly comes from the word Kala, meaning it is finished, <laughs> all right? They're going to take up these items. They're going to dip them in the blood and water and sprinkle the house seven times because again, the seven represents Yeshua, who upon his death confirmed, was confirmed with the spear wound, right? Which rendered a pouring out of water mingled with blood. Finishing, we just read that. What, is, what was that, Kala? It is finished, right? And that's what he said. It is finished. Yeah. He did the atonement and purification work for us. The Redeemer handled it. <laughs> Right. Hallelujah. That's right. That's right. So, you know, even, you know, the, these, you know, when we think about, you know, leprosy, that's that's something that sticks in your head. Right. Mm -hmm. It's not just about, you know, the the um, the protocols concerning the disease in which you're going to don't get me wrong. It is. But. The thing that sticks in your head is something that sticks in your head. Right. Leprosy. And Jesus like, yeah, yeah. So when you think that there's no reason for you to not remember me. Right. Right. I'm the guy who heals lepers, yeah. right? And all these things, I'm going to show you how I'm going to do it. What's, and so when, when Jesus shows up and, 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 and the leper's like, can you heal me? What does Jesus do? He heals them, right? He heals them and says, don't tell anybody, but go tell the priest and follow all the statutes. That way right. Jesus lets you, yeah, dude, God came to heal you. This wasn't witchcraft. This wasn't anything else except a healing from Amen. God. Follow all the statutes to show that that's what happened. Yes. Right. That's why Jesus does that, because all these things are clues. Yeah. Right. When Jesus comes and show, uh, performs miracles and does things, he doesn't do them willy nilly, y'all. They're calculated. Mm. OK. All this are lessons. They're prophetic lessons, not just how to deal with things, situations in life, you know, whether they're health issues and stuff like that. Yes, they are that. But the, the, the more important thing is that they point to the master of our health to begin with. Amen. The redeemer, the one who, 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 who's going to restore 
everything. Yes. Right? Yes. That's what this stuff is all Good about. Word. Yeah. All right. All right, y'all. There we go. I hope you guys dug the study. And uh, if you want to support, you know, the message is free. Delivering is not. Right? We want to keep these lights on. So if you boogie on down to Bronze Serpent Media or boogie on up, hey. Yeah. <laughs> We're trying to we trying to be some upward people. Remember that, right. that what was that? Oh my goodness. That reminded me of the back in the back in the eighties, man. Remember that that uh that touring group that would come to the high schools up with people? Yes. Right? Oh <laughs> yeah. my goodness. I'll bet I have a small I have a slight I have a sneaking suspicion that uh we kind of miss that stuff now. Yeah. <laughs> Considering the, the the um the, the heathens that are making music today, we kind of miss with up with people. <laughs> but I, I don't know. There's that, that whole self-esteem movement kind of led to this stuff anyway. So no, I digress. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> anyway, so um Plan being said, we hope that you uh, head on up. Head on over. over <laughs> head, on, yeah. head on over to Bronze Serpent Media. Hit that tip jar if you dig, uh, uh, you know, what we be sharing up here, classmates. And, uh, you know, to keep these studies going, uh, you know, get the mugs, get the shirts, uh, check out the, uh, the the work that I'm doing with uh, Arcadian Buffalo Soap. Got that beard oil, right? You want that beard oil, you know, but that beard, you, well, you don't want the beard oil looking good. The beard oil is going to help your beard. Right. Look That's good. Right. Smell good. Feel good. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, for, for that uh, for that uh, exquisite uh, snuggle time. Right. <laughs> and it's a small Christian business. That's right. You, you know, uh, God fearing patriots. So please yes. support. We also have they got soaps. We got the, they, they're actually doing bronze serpent beard oil, bronze serpent soaps. Right. So, you know, we're doing that with them. So hope you guys, you know, will support, uh, you know, these products that, you know, people that, you know, pretty everyday products that people use, yeah. you know. Uh, you know, um, make them part, you know, of uh, your household, you know, products and stuff like that. Yes. All right. So thank you guys so much. And uh, Lord, we hope that this study was a blessing to you. And, um, you know, we we count on you, Father, to you know just blow our minds every time you are the ultimate mind blower. And uh, we just want to keep on getting to know you uh, and serve you forever. You know, forever. And uh, for y'all who are uh, in, the, in the Zopium Den, my Zopium Denizens, you know, his blessings to you. And uh, we're so grateful to you guys that, you know, we have this fellowship. We can, we, you know, this is a highlight, you know, of our week to, to share yes, in the word indeed. of God, you know, and to uh, to know our high priest and king, Yeshua. That being said, right on, y'all. We'll see you next time. Shalom. Thanks for tuning in to the Zopium Den. Coming up is the album that I produced featuring Ava Aston on vocals. If you like what you hear, the album is available at my website, bronzesupermedia.com. It's called Pour the Light In. You can download it, stream it, or get these indie pop genre jams on CD. I hope you'll support our salt and light efforts to promote the gospel of the culture by creating me.
Keep me
Just fine. 